Hey, you want a drink or something before we record? Um, yeah, can I just get like a Jack and Coke? Sorry, I can't hear you. It's really loud in here. Jack and Coke? Okay, um, let me see if I can get us a drink. You know what? Fuck it. Let's record. Why, hello, everybody. Welcome to Chaos and Cuss Words. Hi, I am Dallas. And this is Kylie. And yeah, here we are. We we got this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what's new this week, doll? Oh my fuck. Okay. Um like as you can probably see on our doc, I have a lot that <laughs> I I've been through t- this week, but overall, I survived. I survived. So, that's good. <laughs> yeah, survival's yeah. good. Yeah. Um so as as I've talked about previously, I just started my internship. However, the the kids started this week and that like adds in a whole nother level of chaos. Um, Actually, chaos is kind of an understatement, honestly, like the first day of school was kind of like a dumpster fire for everybody, (laughs) like parents, teachers, staff, like everybody. It it was just nuts. And so, um, yeah, I also found out that I cannot do school, like I can't be in the cafetorium without my loop earbuds we're not sponsored yet hopefully winky face um will get sponsored but (laughs) i i had to put in my loop earbuds in order for it to like tone down the volume because like it was overstimulating to the max and it was just raising my heart rate and so i'm so glad that i figured that out about myself because that doing that every like for three days that would have been a bit much so yay I got that done (laughs) yeah yeah and then I started classes again which is awesome I love being around my cohort and let's see what's up oh yeah um I had like the first like in the wild conversation about the podcast but it was like so it freaked me the fuck out honestly because I didn't know that that person who was who he was and I was like how do you know about the podcast this is scary are we famous (laughs) Uh, like I know that Idaho was small at one point but I keep forgetting that like there are people that literally have stayed here and grew up like we all have connections you know like especially if we all grew up here panic I panicked texted Kylie I'm like do you know anybody who works here and she's like uh yeah this person he used to annoy us during sleepovers I'm like oh my gosh I didn't recognize him <laughs> so and I sent the cutest picture of his little face and he was, he's my brother's friend to clarify that. yeah sorry I, I didn't know if I should like go that far but yeah we'll just, just say gonna... little brother's friend little brother's friend yeah so I was like it, it all made sense and I was like okay cool awesome now I don't need to freak out (laughs) and yeah but then that also kind of led to like a very strange conversation about the podcast with my supervisor because he was like coming towards me as the as the friend was talking to me about the podcast telling me uh, his feedback about the podcast the intro and adding music to ads and everything so I was like okay I got to explain that to my supervisor. I I hope I explained it okay. I'm sure you did. Anyways, um, so how was your week? I I, I just kind of like verbal vomited everything about my week. You know, I might do the same. Uh, 
I just was going to sit here and talk about podcasts and all this shit. And I was like, nope, that's not what this podcast is for. So I'm going to be really truthful with you guys. I've had a shit week. So I can't talk about everything that happened with me this week. But bet your sweet ass, the moment we can, it's coming on here. But uh, I have an update on going no contact because it's been a doozy Um, And I wanted people who can relate to this to feel heard as well because sometimes I feel like a fraud because I'm not always 100% no contact and I keep him unblocked because of safety reasons. So this week came forward that my grandma was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, super sad and I'm, I'm super sad, but I had something also very deep and heavy coming on the same day that we were waiting for her results. Mm -hmm. Her results came back relatively positive, no chemo, just a few rounds of radiation, which is amazing for cancer. It's really good odds. So, you know, I put that on the back burner, like a lot of things on my mind that day. Like, you know what? I'm going to give her a call tomorrow. It's been a heavy day. I don't want to call her in the state I'm in. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he just chose to make that day about him (laughs) and he never really threatened me but because of my PTSD from the threats and the abuse in the past I ended up having a panic panic attack from it all and I haven't had one since I lived in a home with him (laughs) yeah oh my gosh it was really emotional and um yeah and it's um I just want anyone to feel valid like Because I was, like, invalidating myself because he never threatened me this week. But all the feelings came rushing back because I knew he was intoxicated. And Mm -hmm. um, in these messages, he was calling me out by name. So I knew I was the person he was zoning in on in that moment. And that's just a really scary thing to be. And I've been there before. And I know what can come of it. Thankfully, nothing did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I just wanted to be, like, completely truthful with you guys. And, you know, going no contact isn't a one-way street. It's not – doesn't have to be a certain way. And if you are those that maybe not completely block the parent and are still receiving messages and maybe respond to things like your grandma having cancer, like, you're just valid. And I just – I wanted to share in case anybody could relate to that this week. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm – I – gosh, I'm so sorry. I've been there in – it's the most terrifying feeling when you are set back into almost like this, uh, this state of panic in your body and you feel like you can't escape it. And I'm so sorry that you had to experience that all over again, Kai. Yeah. And it was just the gaslighting and the manipulating for me that like I didn't respond to one message because I had had a bad day and he knew I had had a bad day. So... Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's so shitty. Oh, my God. So that's been my week, but (laughs) I just I had to share because it was just the truth. And I just feel like people need to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your truth, because I think that a lot of people do feel conflicted about, you know, staying in contact when they want to go no contact. I've been talking with one of our friends about it. And... Yeah, they they just feel conflicted as well. So you're definitely not alone in that. And it's so scary. And, you know, I'm proud of you for setting setting that boundary of 
saying, I, okay, I can't do this to myself anymore. So I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week we're going to be talking about ADHD. Yeah. We're going to be doing ADHD. Um, so we are going to be bringing on my brother's girlfriend, May Maida is her full name, but we call her May. Yeah. And we're going to kind of see what her story is about. And then I also have a little bit of research because I am also, I also was a late diagnosed ADHD person. So I wanted to go do a deep dive into some research and I, I found some good research and hopefully it can help you guys understand why we wanted to choose this topic. Yes. And those of you who might think you might not really stay tuned because there's a lot of people who go undiagnosed and it might really help you with some symptoms you got going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely has been an eye opener for me to say the least, but it's also been pretty validating as well because I ha- just felt that I was broken for a long time. And I'm, I'm not, I'm just, uh, my brain is different, very different. <laughs> so yeah, I hope that it's validating for you guys too. Sorry, my dogs are fighting. So just give me a second. This is that's really a- weird. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was going to say that maybe we could like, hey. let me get a little, like, just have a little talk before we dive into it. <laughs> that's probably a great idea, actually, because she doesn't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs fighting. Dogs fighting, you know, kids and oh my gosh, Penny Z. Okay. Okay. So today we have Maida here with us. Um, she's going to tell us her personal story about ADHD. That yeah. I am. So I got diagnosed in the fifth grade, but my mom actually was starting to notice like things were wrong, like in kindergarten, like they were, when I started going to school, I wasn't like one to have behaviors in class. Like I was very quiet, soft-spoken. I wasn't very like loud and talkative. I was very shy. And so when um, my mom would like bring these things up, she was like, um, she can't do math like at all. They would send home like math games. And it would take me like hours to do and it would take like other kids like five minutes. And so my mom was like, um, there's something wrong. Like there, sh- it shouldn't be this hard. She's in the first grade, like kindergarten. It shouldn't, shouldn't be having this much of a hard time. And so she started like asking questions and was like, just kept berating the school. Like, Hey, something's wrong. My kid needs help. Like get my kid help. And they were like, Oh, she's just barely like scooting along. She's fine. Like she's not doing that bad. Like, <laughs> which was so shitty. And I ended up getting a tutor, I think, maybe the fourth grade when we started doing standardized testing, because that's when they were like, oh, you're really far behind. Like, you can't do basic math. Like, even reading, I was a little far behind, but I wasn't that bad. But like math, that was where I struggled. And so they saw they were like, oh, shit, she like, can't do addition. (laughs) That's a problem. Can't add up numbers at like 10. (laughs) So I got a tutor and she was like, um, yeah, your child definitely has like a learning disability. Like, we're not sure what it is, like, but you should like get help. And the school wouldn't test me. They like wouldn't provide the testing. They wouldn't do it because again, I was like just barely there. 
So like, we're just not going to waste the resources. And so my mom ended up talking to a family friend and was like, hey, like you kind of deal with special education, like kids who struggle, like what do we do? Like, And she sent us to this lady named Gwen. She couldn't do a full assessment, but she could spend like an hour with me to like kind of gauge to see what was wrong. She literally looked at me doing a puzzle and was like, oh yeah, your kid's dyslexic and it's like ADHD, like super bad. And my mom was like, no fucking way. Three ah. years of this? <laughs> We've been literally trying to figure this out for three years and you figure it out within 10 minutes of meeting her? Like, damn. School really fucked me in that aspect. And so I ended up going on medication around fifth grade because my tutor was like, okay, you have sort of a diagnosis, but you need to go see a doctor. You need to get start looking at medication if that's the route you want to go. Because I just couldn't focus in class. Like my teacher would be talking and I would just be like staring at a wall like I for hours. Like I wouldn't even like register what was happening. And then they would be like, oh, what did you learn in class today? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I just stared at a wall for like two hours. I don't know what we did. <laughs> That's all I remember. And I had like really weird gaps in my memory. Like I couldn't remember like things in class if I wasn't doing anything like with my hands or like physically. And so I started medication in the fifth grade. So I think I was like, are you nine in fifth grade? I think around that, maybe. Uh, 11. 11. Jesus. Right, because the boys are in four. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, 11. And they kept messing with my dosage to try and find what worked. And I remember starting it and it was like I did crack. Like I had so much energy, but it was like funneled into like, so I was like, oh my God, I can like clean my room and not spend five hours doing it. Like I can do it in 20 minutes. This is absolutely insane. Like, is this how drugs are? (laughs) And it was the most like wild thing ever. Like I remember the first time I took it and like the feeling I had like it was the weirdest thing ever I was like I could run 10,000 miles right now and not be tired like it was the coolest thing ever like I just I felt normal like I had energy like that I could like put towards things now and I wasn't just running on high cylinders all the time and so all through elementary school even when I was on medication they still wouldn't do anything even though I had a diagnosis so my mom was like okay whatever you're in fifth grade you have one more year because I think yeah in Washington they did kindergarten through six and then seven through eight was middle school and so as soon as I went to middle school my mom was like all right she needs a 504 she needs an IEP she needs something like the last school failed her like she's super far behind like I'm shocked that you guys are like not holding her back and so they ended up getting me a 504 and which helped in a way I was just more embarrassed that I had one because I was like oh that makes me different like I already felt different because of all the things I had to do in middle elementary school and all the kids were like, why are you leaving class so much? Like, why are you talking to all these teachers and like adults? Like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I got as many questions as you do. Like, I don't know why I am the way I am. Like, and so I had a 504 all through middle school and high school. And I don't think I used it once, which I kind of screwed myself. Like, I probably should have used it. <laughs> Looking back on it now, I still have one for college. Like, I applied for one and they gave it to me. So I use it now, which is really helpful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, crazy that I maybe should have figured this out like 10 years ago, five years ago when I needed it. And so. Well, and plus, like, it's not actually your job to know that you are using the accommodations. Like, from from my perspective, working in education, like, it's not really your job. You're part of the team, but it's not your job. So you're just doing that self-advocacy now, which is awesome, you know, now that you're in college. Yeah, which is took me a while to figure it out but now I kind of got it down but I just they would be like oh well you have extra time so you can like use it but then like 
I wouldn't because then they would mark me late. So I was like, I'm just going to like do it on time, I guess, and just fail. Because <laughs> it's not going to be good if I do it on time. And then I get a late like grade when I do it late, like I'm allowed to. So I was like, there's no point in this. Like, <laughs> why do I have this if it's not like being utilized? And so I just stopped using it. I literally just used it so I could go to bathroom a lot. Cause I got bored. <laughs> that would be one part that I used so I could go like walk around outside because I was like, I can't sit here anymore. My brain's literally gonna explode. And so I had actually a teacher. I struggle so much with school, like even now. It's so bad. Like I have PTSD with school. It's horrible. I had terrible teachers. Like, cause I fell behind so bad because of my ADHD that I had a teacher sit me in the back of the classroom facing a wall on a computer and he was like yeah you're too stupid to learn with the rest of us so here's a like computer program do that and I was like oh cool this is fun and I had it for two years in a row two years of that so I like don't have any math from like fourth grade to I think like 11th grade I don't have any math for that so I'm terrified to take math in college because like I don't know how to do math like I have no <laughs> like base of that like I can do like simple math but like equations and shit can't do one bit. It's so bad. So yeah. yeah. And that just, I hated school because of that. I was like, why am I here? I'm just sitting in a classroom with an email account that I shouldn't have had just surfing the internet while I'm at school, which was a horrible idea for somebody who couldn't regulate themselves. <laughs> so I was just doing tarot, like just looking up random things and like not learning for like two hours a day and I was like this is kind of cool I guess but everybody else is learning math and I'm just sitting here doing nothing and so I have a t- I have a hard time with school and so that's why college has taken me so long but I'm a little better now in a way I have found some things that work computer sitting in the back of a classroom isn't one of them <laughs> I seen a wall I barely graduated high school too I like was skin of my teeth. The only reason I did graduate was because I had a scholarship to play softball and that they couldn't legally hold me there because I committed. So they're like, oh, I guess we have to let you go. Well, chunk of my education. I'm like, no wonder I'm doing shitty at college. I, <laughs> I have like gaps in my education that I can't fill. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have just done so well in life with my ADHD and school wise. It's just been a great time. I have enjoyed it so much. It's been so well. Medications worked great for everyday life, but school-wise, it's been a rough one, I would have to say. Oh my gosh. I feel for you so badly because a lot of your pieces are part of my story as well, but I didn't realize it until I grew up and I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's why I'm so bad at math. Maybe that's why I don't remember shit, you know? Yeah. No wonder I have gaps in like my childhood and like I can't do simple addition. Like Parker had me help him with like something the other day and he's like, oh, can you add this up for me? And I was like, no. (laughs) I was like, I don't have my phone on me. You don't have your phone. I don't have a calculator. Like, no, I cannot. Like, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, it truly is. Like, we'll play like games where I have to like count things and I'll just be like, I can't play this. I can't play Yahtzee. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yahtzee's the worst. It's terrible. Like having to add things up, I'm like. Oh my god, I am the dumbest person in the room. It is so embarrassing. I like have such anxiety with it. And like it has funneled into my anxiety and like depression. It has made it so bad, my ADHD. It's made it so severe. It's oh it has really been a challenging time learning <laughs> all this about myself. It's so difficult to be able to 
look at it from a different perspective and you recognize all the trauma that you went through with just trying to make it through each day with your with ADHD as well as oh yeah then I also get anxiety around math I can't even do simple math and then there's also depression thrown in there somehow it's awful it's so bad and I just wanted to commend you for (laughs) telling us that because it, a light bulb kind of went on for me. Yeah, it's been rough. I would have to say my first year of college is when I really started. I had like depression in high school, like with school, but I really found it really took a fucking dive. Like being away from my parents, I had like five family deaths in the span of a year. Like literally I move away to college. I go play softball. My freaking grandpa dies like two months in. And I have to, like, go back for a funeral. Like, I have to, like, go say goodbye to him. Then I go back and I was like, all right, so that's cool. I'm just not going to talk about that. We're just we're just going to glaze over that one. And it, like, I just, like, it kept happening. And so I was like, oh, I'm just don't want to leave my dorm room. Like, I would leave to go party. But, like, I didn't want to play softball. I was, like, not doing, like, my schoolwork. I, like, wouldn't open my computer for, like, weeks. And I would have, like, so many missing assignments. My teacher would be like, so are you, like, okay like are you still like in the class did we just not remove you and I was like oh no I'm still in the class I'm just not doing work they're like oh okay like you should probably do work and I was like yeah I don't want to so I would just like lay in bed go to softball come home go drink with my friends wake up the next day hungover do it all again and it really put me in a really bad place for a while like Parker Shocky is still dating me after that. That was a doozy of a first year for that poor man. <laughs> Jesus, he really got the brunt of it. And I have just kind of kept myself out of that space. Therapy has helped quite a bit. <laughs> but I just find like if I like don't stay on top of it, like my depression will really just like get so bad that I will like lay in bed for weeks and I just won't get up. Like no matter what, like I just I'll go to work and I'll come home, but I'll just lay in bed and won't engage with anybody like won't talk to Parker, I won't like do anything. And it gets so bad. And then my anxiety makes it worse. Because then it's like, oh, I know I need to be doing these things. But I'm not. And I think about it. And then I'm just like, oh, God, it's making me more depressed knowing that I'm not doing it. It's just like this never ending spiral. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I think about like missing assignments that I have, like for like, my first couple years of college were rough. I think I had a 0.25 GPA. Oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I really when I say I failed classes, I failed every class. I am shocked that they let me keep enrolling. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I was like, why is nobody stopping me? I have not passed a single class. And you're just letting me keep going? Like Jesus, does nobody care? Like, there is clearly a problem here. And nobody was and my parents really didn't know because they weren't living with me. And I didn't want to tell them because my sister was also really struggling with everything that was going on. And they were dealing with that. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna keep this one a little quiet. Like, <laughs> I really don't want to stress them out when I'm five hours away. Like, nothing they can do about it. And I've tried, like, antidepressants, but they mix weird with my ADHD. Like, even if they say they're fine with my med, it just, I feel like I'm doing, like, meth. Zoloft can't take that. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. I, like, with my medication, it was scary. I was like, oh, God, this is, this is making it worse. I was like, this is, this is not good. I, <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I just started Wellbutrin a couple weeks ago and that one is actually okay because like Wellbutrin it besides like it helping you with like quitting smoking and it's an antidepressant it also has dopamine in it so I'm like okay I like for me 
I take, I don't have the extended release of my Adderall. So it's just like, bam, four hours, you're good. But it like kind of draws it out a little bit more and it makes it so much easier to focus a lot, like a little bit longer throughout the day, which is amazing. Yeah, I have the extended release. I take Concerta, the off-brand one, because like a thousand dollars. With my insurance, they're like, yeah, we can cover a little bit, but it's going to be like a grand. And I was like, my mom's like, I'm not paying for that for the rest of her life. Like, that's ridiculous. So I take the extended release, like Concerta. And I think Mm. when I don't take it on accident, like I'll forget. If I like do things in the morning before I take my meds, oh my God, I am like a child. I will eat so much food that I like will throw up. And then I'm just like running around toddler, like her daughter. Like I'll just literally be acting like her two-year-old daughter. And I'm just like, oh my God, I was letting me out of the house like this. Is this how I was before? Oh my God. (laughs) My poor mother, my poor parents. (laughs) Let me out of the house like this. Parker will be like, you can't go anywhere today. And I'm like, that's probably for the best. Probably shouldn't be going out into the public like this. Yeah, you're like, fair, fair. It's okay. Fair enough. I'll I'll allow this one time. Like it's embarrassing. (laughs) This is is a terrible idea for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. It's horrible, but you know, like at the same time, it's like trying to figure out the freaking balance, which is the hardest part is like trying to figure out, okay, what works good? What time do I need to take it at? Or like, can I add in antidepressants? Can I add in anti-anxiety meds like X, Y, and Z and still be a decently functioning human being like normal people, like be a normal person. How do you do that? Um, well, for when I was a kid, so my mom would, she would give me my medication every day because at 11, I was not equipped to like remember to take a medication. So she would like keep it upstairs in a drawer and she would like give it to me with like vitamins that I took like Flintstone gummies so mm-hmm. that I would remember to do it. And I would associate it with like something good because I tasted good. <laughs> and so I would do it like that for the longest time. And then like middle school, she would still give it to me and like refill it for me. Like I was never in charge of refilling my meds, I think until college. Yeah. Well, I would take it on my, I would remember to take it every day. I would just get up, take it before I ate and then just like get ready, go to school. Cause if I didn't take it 40 minutes before I left for school, it like wouldn't set in properly. It needed a certain amount of time to like properly set in. Mm-hmm. So, And I hadn't, really flirt with like antidepressants or anything like that because it wasn't bad enough and I didn't know that I had depression and anxiety I just thought everybody felt like that but (laughs) I quickly learned that that was not normal that I should be able to go to McDonald's and order a cheeseburger without feeling like I'm gonna die and cry in a corner for the rest of my life found out that was not normal nobody else felt like that so I was like oh maybe maybe I do have a problem so I talked to my doctor and she was like, oh, yeah, you got an anxiety disorder. So that's one we just skipped over. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Just was dealing with this my whole life. And again, nobody noticed. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm really good at hiding these things. And so I started taking, I think, anti-anxiety meds like last year. And I have found that that helps with my depression. It kind of curbs the anxiety before it happens. And then it do- I don't slip into that depression. What will happen is my anxiety will get really bad. And then I'll just like try and hide from it and lay in bed and then I don't get out of bed and so yeah meds help kind of keep me at a normal level where I can either take it if I need it or if I don't need it like I'm fine it's more of a PRN yeah but before it gets really bad and so I have found that that's a good mix and then I think yeah I just kind of take it when I need it 
because I don't have it super bad. Like, and I've learned to like cope with it and be like, okay, I'm making this a bigger deal than it needs to be. I'm being a little dramatic right now. Like, I can go order food and not cry about it. Like, you're 22, get over it. Like, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> like, there's not the biggest thing in your life to go wrong right now. Like, take it day by day. And so I've learned to cope with it better in that sense than I did in high school. <laughs> Right. Like you're, for me, I didn't even realize that anxiety could be tangled up in ADHD until like literally my whole feed was ADHD talk. And you're like, right. You're like, that's what made me go in and get evaluated. I was like, um, like, hear me out. I know I have PTSD and it could be trauma related. However, I pretty much like feel like this is me and this happened before the trauma so can we just like figure this out and they're like oh yeah let's just put you on some medication see how you respond all that and I didn't realize that anxiety was like kind of a thing with ADHD especially with an attentive type because you're like overthinking things to the point where it's creating anxiety and ruminating on that stuff and you're like Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. I didn't, I like, I probably do have some sort of anxiety based on whatever my past is, but I also have anxiety because I cannot stop because my brain just is on a hamster wheel, essentially. It won't shut off. Like when people are like, oh, I can just go to bed and like not think. And I'm like, what? You can like, there's silence. I was like, there's no thoughts in your head. I was like, oh my God, that's never happened to me. I, I'm thinking about the dumbest thing. It's like, oh, there's dog hair on the ground. Maybe I should go pick that up. And I think about it for five hours. Why? I couldn't tell you. And then I'm not sleeping. And I'm just like, well, here I am, four in the morning. Great. Like, I never, it's so insane. Like, even though I know I have ADHD, like, when I got TikTok and I was seeing all this, I was like, oh, my God. I am learning so many things about myself that it's, like, my whole, like, childhood is making sense now. It was like, and I thought I was autistic for a minute. But then I was like, okay. There's a lot of similarities with ADHD and autism. I don't think I'm autistic. I just think I share a lot of similarities because I was, I said that to my mom and she's like, no, you were tested for that. You're not autistic. It's just, I have ADHD and ADD. I scored very high for both of them and I'm inattentive in both types, but the ADHD was higher. So we have more. Mm. I I was just going to add to that, that the spectrum is very large. Yes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, just my little two cents throw in there. Yeah, I mean, it is very large. Like, it's insane how big it is. I swear we're all on it in some shape or form. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, I took the, I think it was, like, the RADS test, which you can find online. I can't remember the, like, the website. But it definitely said, like, oh, yeah, you're masking a lot. And I was like, but does that mean because I'm... ADHD or because I like might be a little bit autistic I don't know I don't have insurance so I'm not gonna go get tested for that so and plus I'm 30 like the fuck is that gonna help it's not yeah you're like I have damage has been done yeah you're like I can't go back now and fix it what's the point literally yeah I mask so bad like when I hang out with me and Parker's friends like well I'll be like hanging out and I'll think I'm acting normal and then Parker's like what are you doing? You're just sitting in a corner, just like twiddling your hands, like thinking I'm acting normal, like just watching people. And he's like, you look like you're in space right now. And I'm like, oh, really? How crazy. I thought I was being normal. And then. It's like, you're trying to blend in. 
literally, I'm trying to make myself as normal as possible because I like growing up, I could not make friends. It was so bad. Like Kylie's witnessed it. It is rough for me to interact with another like girl. It's just terrible. It's like a train wreck set on fire. And so I just don't have great social skills because of my ADHD. Like I never got when people are like backhanded or made like passive aggressive comments. I was like, okay, so you're mad at me? And they're like, well, not really. We're just annoyed. And I'm like, well, why don't you say that? Like, that would make right? sense. Like, just be straight up about things. And I'm not going to be fucking weird. Like, you just tell me, hey, you're, this is, you being, doing this is annoying me. Stop. And I'll be like, all right, that's fine. I can maybe try and change it. But, like, <laughs> like just tell me and I'll make an effort. But, like, I hate being friends with women. I mean, I, never mind. I don't hate it. But it's it's rough. I have I found. Yes. So, like, oh my I gosh. I feel that so much too. Like literally. If, if you're like, mad at me, tell me that you're mad at me. Yeah. Because like, just be straight up. Yeah. And then I'm also learning how to like express my feelings because like I couldn't do that when I was younger. So if I say that, like, hey, that hurt my feelings, can you just tell me up front? Like, I am sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Just say that kind of a thing. It's just so hard to maintain friendships when you have ADHD because, like, A, they aren't there all the time. So you just forget about them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then like, text friends for, like, months. And I'll be like, I have a friend that I have had since probably actually elementary school. She's the one woman friend that has literally been friends with me forever because she has, like, watched me get diagnosed. She's, like, been through it with me. And so she's like, oh, yeah. I know you don't forget about me. It's just because I'm not in front of you. And she lives in Washington, so I don't see her. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot you existed. Like, hey, you live? And she'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing good. I moved. And I'm like, oh, badass. Where'd you move to? And then I won't talk to her again. For- we That's love like, a- Yeah. We love a non, like, complicated friend, a no-conflict friend. That's just like, I'll see you when I see you. Literally, it's great. When I go home, I forget to see her. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see you. And I'll be like... I forgot you lived here. Sorry. And she'll be like, no, nah, it's all good. Just tell me the next time you come in and I'll just come to your house. And I'll be like, okay, cool. That works for me. If you make the effort, I'll make the effort. Like, I hate having to talk to people every day. It's so draining. Like, I want to talk to people I live with and that's it. Nothing outside of that. Like, if, if you can't accept the fact that I don't want to talk to you every day, then you can't be my friend. <laughs> it's so bad. I'll be like, I don't hate you, but like, if I see you too much, I will start to hate you because I am dreading talking to you about nothing. It's, yeah. Oh, Women are harsh. That, no, it's not harsh. Like, I just realized that I experienced that too. That makes a lot of sense now. Okay, cool. Even with, like, Parker, like, love the guy to death. Favorite person on the planet. If I see him too much, I'll be like, dude, we can't. I, I need a minute. Like, there's nothing, nothing wrong with you. It's me. I have a problem. Like, I just need you to, we just need to take a minute, like a little hour. I need to go sit somewhere else and not <laughs> like interact with people. It's so draining to have to, I feel like I can't be myself around most people too. Cause I get very loud and expressive and mm-hmm. like that. I have yeah. That. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everybody's a fan of it. Like if I get really excited, I'll talk super loud and like yell and then People will be like, um, we're sitting in a tiny room. You don't need to be screaming. And I'll just be like, oh, okay. I'm excited about something, but whatever. I'll shut up now. I'll never speak again in front of you. Thanks. I know. 
that really freaking sucks too, because that has happened to me multiple times, multiple times where I'm like speaking really loudly because I'm getting very excited about something or, you know, I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm just happy and I just speak really loudly and they're like, okay, we're at a campsite. It's like one o'clock in the morning. You got to be quiet. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to shut up. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just going to sit in a corner now and say nothing. So thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to be myself for two minutes out of the five days I'm going to be with you. I know. Right. (laughs) Never going to speak in front of you again. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Do that. They'll be like, dude, you're laughing really loud. And I'll just be like, all right, I'm going home later. No point in me being here. You ruined my night. (laughs) I know. Well, and I think that that brings up a really good point about like rejection sensitivity dysphoria where like you feel like you don't, they don't like you and you feel rejected because they said that you're too loud, but you're like, but I'm just being myself. Like I'm unmasking for a second. (laughs) Yeah. Like in reality, I know I'm loud and Kylie can attest to this. I can be loud. (laughs) But at the same time, like, I don't do that with, like, a lot of people. If I'm comfortable with you, that's – I'm, like, enjoying myself and I'm not, like, thinking about what I'm going to say next or how this is going to affect someone or how this is going to come off, if I'm going to come off like an asshole or not. And so (laughs) – Luckily, it takes a lot to offend Kylie. (laughs) Yeah. I have said a lot of bad things and she likes me. I still get to hang out with her. (laughs) I was going to say, she has been great for me. I have – got to be myself around her a lot, which I have been so thankful for. It's been very nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, for I, I think that that's been one of the most refreshing things about being around Kylie, again, as an adult, like, grown up and everything, is that, like, I'm still, I'm still myself. I'm still able to be myself around her because she's super non-judgmental. So, Literally. thank you, Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And you're the same way, Dal. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Gotta love healthy friendships. Literally. <laughs> I have, like, two. <laughs> can be, like, normal around. Like, one of my other friends. I can just, like, be as weird as I want. She'll just be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. And I'll just be like, okay, cool. So you can never not be friends with me now because you're one of my two woman friends. <laughs> I have very few. You can't leave me now. You're attached to me forever. <laughs> attached with me forever. I love it. Literally. Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I think that one thing that... I am very curious because I haven't grown up with, like, I obviously I've grown up with ADHD. It's just being more aware of what ADHD is. How have you, like, worked to cope with it? Or, like, what kind of strategies have you found doesn't work for you? Um, Well, I didn't do well. I kind of, I knew I had it. And I just was like, oh, well. And I would like tell people and they would be like, oh, so you're like one of those kids? And I was like, what? What do you mean I'm one of those kids? Like, we're like the ones that are like in different classrooms. And I'm like, well, no, I'm sitting here with you, aren't I? In a normal classroom. What are you, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, well, you just are different. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm never speaking about this again to any peer ever again in my life. Cool. <laughs> like kids were just mean to me and they would be like, oh, so this is why you're so weird. And you always follow me around. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So I didn't do well with it. And I would be like, my mom was like, okay, well, you have to understand, like, you learn different. And then the teachers weren't teaching me properly in the way that I was could learn. And so I was struggling with that there. And so I just really pushed it down. Pretended I didn't have anything wrong with me. And so I didn't use my 504 because I was like, if I use my 504, then that means I have something wrong with me. 
something different about me than everybody else. And I didn't want to be different because I didn't have any friends and I wanted to fit in. So I was like, I can't have this. This is a lie. I don't have it. My mom and parents are lying to me. And so I didn't do well with it until I think college and like maybe late high school. But I never really like dealt with it well. Because I was like, oh, kids are assholes. And (laughs) they were so mean about it. And I just was like, oh, so this is terrible that I'm treated so differently when I'm not that different. Like, I'm in the same classes as you. I can interact with you just fine. Like, maybe I process things different or it takes me a minute. Like, and so I never handled it well. And I don't think, I think just being myself and not caring as much now, because I've gone to therapy and my therapist told me to not give a fuck about what people think, which is very hard for me. And so I've become a lot more outspoken lately. Also, thanks to Kylie. Watched her do it. And it's been a lot easier to (laughs) say things that I don't feel guilty about now to people. Like I even called somebody out the other day and I was like, dude, you're being kind of a cunt right now. And I normally wouldn't say that, but I was like, you're, and I was like, oh shit, I did it. I was like, I stood up for myself and like, it was nice. And so I haven't really figured that out until like, re- like college-ish. So nothing really worked growing up. <laughs> I had no strategies to cope, none. And my parents didn't know how to help me either. Because my dad, he has the same thing as me. Mm-hmm. Me and my dad are the I- identical. I gets Parker has like seen me and my dad interact, and he's like, "You guys are literally the same person." It's scary, and I'm like, "I know it's weird." And so, and he didn't get help growing up. He went to a Catholic school, and so mm. yeah, you can already imagine how that went for him. Oh yeah, was- like it, it it didn't exist. Like, yeah. And so he, they knew he had a problem, but they just like punished him all the time because he was very loud, disruptive, the opposite of me. But mm-hmm. as it shows up in boys, it's different. And so he was the total just loud kid, class clown, just asshole. And so he didn't deal with it well and didn't know how to help me deal with it. And I, he didn't get medication and I did. And so he was like, well, I did it without it. Why can't you do it? And I was like, okay, well, first of all, not compare here dad you were going to high school in freaking 70s so i'm not sure it was that great (laughs) let's let's take a step back sir it's not working well for me either currently as everybody can see let's not judge (laughs) and so nobody they didn't know how to help me and my mom thinks she has add too because my grandpa also has it so i really just got like a mixed bag of things there was no like like good outcome for me with this and so they just didn't know how to help me because they didn't know how to help themselves and they were trying as mm-hmm. best as they could. Like, my mom was a rock star, like, bullying my elementary school to help me as much as she could when they wouldn't. And then she did it to my middle school. She's like, you're going to help my kid or there's going to be problems. And so <laughs> they did as much as they could for me. And then I just never wanted the help because I didn't want to accept that I was different. And so that played a part in just growing up with it. I just hated it and ignored it <laughs> as much as I could. <laughs> Well, because, like, you don't want to make yourself the outcast in any way. Like you were saying, people thought automatically because you have a 504, then that means that you are part of the special education group, which you're you're not. Like, No, it's not even as intense as, like, an IEP. Like, I'm taking classes to teach special education. I have, like, written fake IEPs, and I'm just like, I have, like, a quarter of this. I got extra time on tests. Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't even compare to like the things that I'm writing for these fake students who like yeah. actually like need 
a lot of like help in a classroom like I didn't need much and so I was like why am I being treated so differently like it's not making sense to me yeah well and plus I think that that's kind of the stigma and the misunderstanding with ADHD and 504s in general. So ADHD can qualify for an IEP if it's so severe that it's impacting the way that a student is accessing the information. Whereas if it's a 504 and having ADHD, you don't have trouble accessing the information. You just literally have trouble not staring at a wall for two hours. Like Literally. And that's all I did. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It like disruptive. I just would stare off into space thinking about One Direction. Where, what did I learn today? Couldn't tell you. What did I learn yesterday? No clue. Like, I just have such big gaps that it's, it was shocked that I'm, like, still going to school, honestly. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> proud of you. You're still going through it. <laughs> like, Thank you. Bravo. <laughs> all the shitty teachers that have pushed me into this, because I was like, damn, y'all are terrible at your job. Why are you doing this? you're doing this to me and I'm not even that severe I couldn't imagine what like a child with like autism or like anything like that would be going through like damn y'all should not be teaching (laughs) there needs to be some new people in here if this is how you handle things shocked I honestly graduated high school like me and my mom both still talk about it we're like wow you really finesse the system I would not have graduated (laughs) if I didn't have that scholarship it is insane like I hadn't passed I think a state mandated mandated test since like they started giving it to me in the fifth grade oh my gosh like oh yeah you can just keep going and I was like no nobody thought to like stop and maybe help me (laughs) before I got to high school and they're like oh you really should pass this and I was like well I don't have much education like so I don't know what you want me to do with that info can't do half the math on these things so really did well for me there (laughs) I know the thing for me that almost did me in was procrastination I also like I was this close that I'm doing like the smidgen thing like the (laughs) with the fingers this close to not graduating too because I procrastinated so hard on my English assignments and Kylie and my drama teacher was the English teacher as well so she was kind of looking at me like what the fuck are you doing graduate yeah (laughs) Please get your shit together for a week so you can graduate, like, and go be an adult. Like, yeah. I had one teacher who was like, okay, so you're going to need to take, like, she's like, I'm going to feed you a lot of, like, extra assignments that you don't need. She was actually, it was funny enough, she was one of my friend's moms who taught at my school. She was a great teacher for me, and she would, like, give me extra math assignments because she was like, I know what, like, you're going through because I told her. And she was like, you can't go to college without knowing these things, like just to like help you like because nobody else is she gave me like extra math things to do so that I could do it because I was like taking extra math classes because I failed everyone up until I think algebra two Mm -hmm. and so I was taking like financial algebra which was stupid person math put it nicely it was uh, yeah I was learning how to balance a checkbook which kind of helped me even though I don't have a checkbook but I really wasn't learning math it was just the like oh, hey, you failed all these math classes. Here you go. This one kind of counts. And so I was like, oh, pushing me along again. Nobody's (laughs) stopping to help me except this one woman. Like, bam. (laughs) It was insane. Right? Like, you're just like, okay, cool. So when I go into college, I am just going to be fed to the wolves. Great. Literally. And I was. (laughs) Like, I I took the placement test, and they were like, 
So you have to take Algebra 1, which is a class we don't offer, but you have to pay for it, but you don't get any credits. And I was like, what? You just are so far behind on math that you have to take all those high school classes again that you won't get credit for Mm -hmm. until you get to a college-level math. And I said, I'm not doing that. What? I'm not making my mother pay for six different math classes that I'm probably going to end up failing. (laughs) Again? And she has to pay for it this time? No. So I haven't taken math yet. Yeah. Like, I was I in the same boat with, as you. I literally was. I I took the placement so test, and they're like, okay, so you're in math 015. They don't count yeah. as credit, but you still have to pay for it. Yeah. And so I did have to do that, and I finally got good at math. I'm okay now. Dolly, your BA's in um, psych, right? Yeah, my my undergraduate degree is in psychology. Yeah, so I had to take... You have to take an ass pile of statistics. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, me too. Yep, I did. Yeah. I sure did. I had to take statistics, and then I also helped Tigger with his own statistics. I also had to do some other math. I can't remember. Oh, it was, like, research or something like that. But you had and to understand, like-, like, basic math premises for that. Right, and I feel like they, like sugar-coated it and I was like oh it's gonna be like a research class maybe I'll write papers and I got in there and I was like holy fuck I'm doing more fucking math you're like this is not what I thought it was one bit like literally people when I was going like my first year of college when I was playing softball people were like oh we're all taking statistics we need to like do all this stuff together and I was like oh y'all are taking math I'm avoiding that as long as I physically can and they were like well then you can't graduate and I was like I don't know why I'm going to school anymore I hate it (laughs) It's not getting better for me. So why am I making my mom pay for it? Like it was (laughs) still haven't taken it. I have to do it next semester. I have to take a placement test again that I will not do because I have so much anxiety over it. But I just will take a low math class. We're just going to start there. (laughs) Yeah. Stop avoiding. Uh, Words of wisdom. Stop avoiding. You got to bite the bullet and you got to do it because it's going to it's going to suck so badly. Okay, so I did do a little bit of research because I realized that, like, when May and I were talking about the late diagnosis and also just, like, TikTok bombarding us with ADHD content, I'm like, I I wonder if there's actually any research on this. (laughs) So I I did a little bit of a deep dive. I, I found one article that was actually really, really good because it was like a study review. So they take all the studies and then compile it into one, which is fantastic. So basically, the way that the DSM is structured now is way different than what you experienced, May, with having ADD and ADHD as separate diagnoses. They combined both of them and then just made them into types, basically. For me, I know that I would probably be diagnosed with ADD back in the day, but it's now classified as ADHD with inattentive presentation. Yeah, that's my diagnosis. It's inattentive, and then I think I have a separate one for the ADD, but they didn't really need it since the inattentive one was so bad. (laughs) But they just were like, you know, that one's just not going to help you. (laughs) Yeah, Dal, she was born in 2000, so. Yeah. Ah, fuck me. Are you serious? Yeah, so, yeah. I'm a child. You're not a child. No, you're not a child. I just feel old, okay? (laughs) I make Kylie feel old all the time. Okay, yep. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Um, 
So basically, even though there's like different presentations, I just want to flat out say I am not an expert on this. I'm not an expert. I literally can't even like once I get my license, I can't even diagnose ADHD in Idaho because that's for other people to do. So I'm just going to be talking a little bit more about what like diagnosed women with ADHD look like. So there's a literature review that I found and they kind of addressed the historical neglect of girls and women being underrepresented in clinical and research settings. And they also addressed the sex differences in ADHD across the lifespan, which was freaking awesome. The symptoms kind of include, you know, obviously there's inattention being like the predominant one for women. And because there has been like the stigma that, oh yeah, if you're not acting out behaviorally, then you clearly don't have it. And that's a bias for teachers, for counselors, for doctors. And it's really done a lot of damage for a lot of people, including you, May, and including myself, because- we're sitting here like, okay, what the what the fuck are we supposed to do? Yeah. Like thanks for giving me all these tools that don't help. <laughs> yeah. Like you feel like you're you're kind of broken in a sense because you yeah. you're given this, but you're not giving any tools to help you. The most prevalent symptoms in ADHD in girls and women include inattention and that often yields compensation of intensive effort and coping strategies. So like in some form or another, we figured it out in order to not make it a problem for other people. Yeah, I look fine. But if you really look at me, I am not okay. Like I'm okay to like the average person. But then if you look, you're like, oh, damn, she's skating by. (laughs) And I feel like that could be an episode within its own of how women learn to accommodate as little girls to please others. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. Not just in this topic, but I made myself smaller a lot. To fit in it's things to like our society literally does that to you yeah it's literally there's a lot to that unpack there that was yeah there's a lot to unpack there because i feel it too like i feel like i had to make myself smaller in order to accommodate everybody else so i it's not just you it's literally yeah. i think that it's women in general and then it's also women with adhd you have to make sure that you conform in order to meet the societal standard Oh, totally. Because you guys, you guys have those things that um, upset them, right? You're loud, you're outspoken, you might be a little bit out of the box. Not all of you are that way. But those are the things that they tend to make smaller in women. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've definitely like dumbed down those things. And people are like, Oh, you're so like boring. But then once I get to know you, you're so fun. And I'm like, yeah, crazy. Feel comfortable around you. You're not gonna bully me now. (laughs) And like May said, like when the boys do it, they're just they're labeled class clowns, funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all these good things. And then if we do it, it's like, oh, you're too, you're too talkative, you're too powerful, like all these things. And it's like, oh, too much. Yeah, two negatives. And squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. So there's also verbal overactivity. And then there's comorbidities such as mood disorders, aka depression, or anxiety that could be standalone disorders or be contributors from the ADHD. So that's fun. Super fun. So as we develop, uh, when I say we, I say like girls and women develop with ADHD, the functional impairment increases, particularly around academic underperformance, especially in math. (laughs) Poster child for that one. Yeah, right? Um, Poor executive functioning, aka you can't get out of bed and you know that you have to, but your mind cannot get you to do it. 
internalizing disorders such as anxiety. So it gets worse. Depression also gets worse. And also eating disorders. Fun fact. I I think trigger warning right here. When you're particularly with bulimia, when you are purging, it actually releases dopamine into the reward pathway in your brain. And that's why a lot of people with eating disorders are comorbid with ADHD because it's giving you dopamine. Yeah, it's insane. I'm thankful that I never had that because I would just eat a lot. My meds would like stunt my hunger. And then when I didn't, and so I guess I binged, but not on purpose. (laughs) But I never really struggled with that. So I'm glad in that aspect. But I did have people that I know had eating disorders who also had ADHD. And that makes sense that the dopamine spikes it. And it's like, oh, brain, fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so there's also employment-related problems, unplanned pregnancy, parental conflict, peer rejection, and disorganization, a.k.a. doom boxes everywhere. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's so bad, yeah. My, my house is bad, too. Literally, just above my dog's kennel, there's like 90 different boxes of things. Parker doesn't help either. He's kind of the same. So it's, it's just literally a mess. He's like, I don't want to clean it. And I'm like, okay, me either. So it's just going to get worse. Yeah, I know. Like, I think this kind of also goes back to, I think, default parenting in a sense, because I have to notice it. So even though I do know that there's a pile of just junk on top of the dog kennel, I know that eventually I will be the one that will clean it because it blended in for my husband. So I have to take that initiative in a sense. It's it's stupid. It's going to be me that cleans it. But yeah, exactly. One thing that I thought was interesting is that it's not until a transition in life when symptoms are exaggerated and it impacts their functionality, such as pregnancy, becoming a parent, or higher education, starting a job, etc. So like people who have been undiagnosed for all that time, that's when they start feeling these symptoms the hardest. I feel called out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it even happened to me and knowing I had it, like anytime a change, like a big life change would happen, it would just get real bad with no coping skills. And it just would like spiral. And I was like, oh man. I know. Like that's exactly how I felt too, because even though I was able to function most of my undergrad fairly well, like I was able to find those coping strategies once the pandemic hit. And then I also started my graduate degree. I was like, I can't do this anymore. That's when I started like the process of getting diagnosed because I can't function. All right. So it's time for clock app call out. Um, This first one this week is it is on baby elephant syndrome by John Wing. Here's a question. Do you have baby elephant syndrome? So baby elephant syndrome comes from an an old story about somebody who came to a circus and realized that, you know, there's a big, powerful elephant who was chained to this tiny little rope connected to this little pole. And he asked the, the, you know, the circus ringmaster and says, hey, why is there, you know, why is the elephant just tied to that? Does an elephant know that he can just like very easily break free and just run away? And the ringmaster says, well, as a matter of fact, this is how we do it. You know, when we bring in a small baby elephant, we chain them up to a much thicker rope to 
a much thicker pole. And, you know, they'll pull and they'll try to get away. And as a result, you know, when they can't break away, they come to realize, oh, I can't break away. So as they grow up, they stop pulling. They stop trying because they learned that, okay, this rope is unbreakable. So even as they grow up and they change that rope to a thinner rope or sometimes maybe not even a rope at all, the elephant doesn't keep trying. And when we experience baby elephant syndrome, it's oftentimes that, you know, when we were growing up, our parents or our environment, our teachers, our friends may have told us something about ourselves that we took deep to heart. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You know, you're ugly. You're short. You're whatever it is that we take on these beliefs. And then we never come to challenge those stories. In fact, we just kind of accept it as we go on. And we go through the rest of our lives thinking that's who we are. But we never come to take a look at that. We never challenge and reflect and say, is this true? And as a matter of fact, sometimes the most powerful, smartest, most incredible people I've met in those specific fields are the people who believe they're the worst because they're the ones who've worked most at it. You know, some of the best writers I've met believe that they are genuinely terrible writers because at some point they met a terrible teacher who said, you're a bad writer, you're never going to be a good enough writer. And they kept practicing and practicing and practicing anyway. And those are the lucky ones because the unlucky ones, they stop trying and they bury their talents, they bury their creativity, they bury their wisdom and they never come back and take a look at it. So challenge your own beliefs because otherwise you're nothing but a baby elephant stuck in the body of a grown adult. Oh, I really liked that one. I thought that that was like... I, I think that like generally like people with ADHD think that they're not enough because they've been like, they've internalized these beliefs about like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I will never be enough or I'm too much. They don't see themselves through a different lens. So now that I'm thinking about May's story, I, I think that that was perfect because a lot of people have told people with ADHD okay, well, you're, you know, you can't do it, but yet can. It's just a matter of being able to break away from the rope. Yeah, I think I had to fail a lot to like, actually understand that I could do it. I was like, well, I'll get there at some point. And I did ended up getting there here now. So (laughs) this took a minute. I was gonna say people like will joke around and be like, oh, stupid thing. And I'll just be like, please don't ever say that to me again. Don't ever call me stupid. It like sends me into fit of rage. It's like such a like terrible word to me. Call me anything else but that because it is linked with so many like bad things. And I'm just like, never again will anybody like do that to me. Yeah. Like for me, I think that I also get triggered when someone like makes fun of me for not being able to do math. This is a small story time. But like when I worked at Arctic Circle in the hometown that we grew up in, I was like trying to count back change and someone basically was there with his daughter and he said this is why you stay in school because you have to learn how to count back change and I was already flustered at that moment so I'm like now that just like sticks in my head because it triggers me when I cannot do math even like trying to help my kids to do simple math I can't do it oh my gosh that's horrible I can't count change either if it makes you feel better can't either doesn't make sense to me I can't tell time on a normal clock either like, if people are like, oh, what does that clock say? I'm like, no clue. Couldn't tell you. I think that might be your generation. Yeah. Well, they, like, tried to teach me, and I was like, this is making... Like, my tutor, Barb, taught me, and it made sense, but, like, hard times? I don't know. I can do, like, normal ones, like 6.30, 4.30. Like, those ones. Not hard. Anything in between that, though. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, it is rough. I think you got like caught in the shitstorm of like going digital and still needing to read analog clocks. Yeah, that and cursive. I feel like they phased it out. 
Thank God for cursive, though. I wouldn't be able to write without it. That's another thing with ADHD. It, like, flows better with your brain, I have found. Like, you can read and write better if you know how to do cursive. All right. That makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense a lot. All right. So, I think we are able to wrap it up. We just wanted to wrap up by saying thank you to May for coming on and talking with everybody today. Yeah, no problem. I love talking about myself. (laughs) As usual, follow us on all of our socials. We have the link tree in the show notes. And um, please write in if you would like to come on yourself or you just want to write us a story anonymously that we'll read. Next week, however, we are going to do a mini hyper-focus episode. Something a little different for you guys. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a mini episode. I'm not going to spoil it yet because we just kind of need a break considering the shit show that we've had this last week. So we're going to do an assessment that we found pretty interesting. And even though we're kind of completing this assessment ourselves, um, if you're interested in doing this for yourself, please talk to your therapist to see if they've been trained in this. We aren't licensed yet. And we cannot interpret your stuff because we are not your therapist. So if you're interested in learning more, maybe bring it up to your therapist. We hope that's fun for you guys. It's interesting. Hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully we aren't going to be having giant realizations about ourselves. It's probably going to be that. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be real. It's probably going to be like our whole ego is shattered. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Bye.